Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel, and if there is a notification bell icon, I would like you to hit that bell so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this hour and this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing so. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can visit our website at templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us. Or you can go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple. Okay? We're also streaming now with the online radio platforms, um, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Music. There's a few others. If you want to see the full list of radio stations through whom we broadcast, you can go to our website, templeoftruth.us. And I thank you so much for those of you who've been communicating with us, sharing with us um, your thoughts about our message. We're very encouraged to hear from you. Uh, many of you are watching us through the um, platform, I mean, hundreds of, through the platform of Facebook and WhatsApp, etc. cetera. And um, that doesn't necessarily uh, reflect on our accounts here on YouTube, but it doesn't really matter. If we reach one person, and we're able to help transform the life of one person and develop that relationship you have with God, man, we've hit a home run, okay? So it's not all about the numbers for us. It's about it's about the fact that God is using us and we're grateful that you'll find us worthy, you know, to, you know, to be used at this time and this hour. Okay. So um, usually I'd like us to, you know, begin with, you know, anyone having something that, the experience, maybe a dream, or you felt God gave you a word, and you know, let's take time and you know, go over it and see if there's a message from God, you know, to us through you. Anyone, take your time. No dreams, but I I have been receiving assurances. Uh, in, in my prayer time and in my meditation from the Lord that he's with us and we're going to be all right. I believe that in the beginning, I didn't need the reassurance except maybe I was to pass it on and I've been doing that. Amen. 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 I don't have anything. No, if, you might have had a dream this week, um, and you don't think much of it, or it's probably not too clear in your mind. So just take a moment, think about it, and um, you know, if you feel free, comfortable to share it, fine. If not, then don't.
or if you studied the word and you had questions, something came to you and you were not clear on it, you would like us to, you know, talk about that. You know. Okay. All right. So while we go, let me say this. While while we go into the word, um, if something comes into your mind, keep it to the end. So in, in other words, like I just asked if you had a dream or something, you know, um, keep it to the end if you want to change the direction of the flow, okay? So, but you can, of course, interject if what God gives you is with the flow of where, wherever we're going. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. Amen. Yeah. Can I explain that? If, if there's nobody that understands, can I explain that? Yeah, go on. Okay. Whenever you come together with people and the word is flowing in a particular direction, you could find all of a sudden that you have something you want to raise, but that that topic or that statement you want to make will stop the flow in which we're direction in which we're going. So usually you want to wait for the right time, the appropriate time to interject that new direction. New directions are legitimate. Okay. That's how God operates. Okay. But you have to know the right time. Has anybody ever read the scripture where it says, um, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. In where the apostle Paul said, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Have you ever, anybody read that before? No. Yes, he has his hand, his finger up that he, he thumbs up. He oh, okay. It. I sorry. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have, um, yeah, I might have to get Kate to start doing my whatever. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Gene's microphone is muted, so I, I couldn't hear him. Yes. Right, that's good. So that's scripture. I, mean, I didn't want to break in per your uh, message. Right, 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 right. Okay, <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. It was a question. All right. So that simply means that God can put something in your heart and mind for you to speak and share with us, but God expects you to use your own mind to determine when is appropriate right we do that all the time sometimes you got a relative who's you know going down the wrong path and you want you want to let them know they're going down the wrong path but you don't want to say it in such a way that you alienate them from yourself correct so it's a bit it's that's the way it is when when you're fellowshipping you know you know people talk about fellowship like okay or we're not meeting physically, so it's not really fellowship. That's not true, because we meet spiritually. So now we're flowing in a particular direction, and God maybe, maybe gives you a word that is different from what, where we're headed. It's to a totally different topic. Wait till an appropriate time to interject with that change of direction. And then all of a sudden, all of us will flow and start going in that direction with you. Okay? Amen. All right. Yes. Praise God. Uh, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about um, the, the transformation that would come upon the people of God who abide to the end. 
remember the apostle Paul said um, that we who are alive and remain shall be changed. You remember that? We, we saw that a couple of weeks ago. Amen. Yes. Now, it didn't just say we who are alive. It says we who are alive and remain. Now, you, you've, the, the, the word remain there doesn't just mean that we're still here. It means we stayed true to what God had said from the beginning. Let me explain. Jesus said that because of the persecution of those times, the love of many will wax cold. Many of us will have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Simply put, we will become religious. Mm. But some of us will actually not just confess with our mouth that we believe, but in our heart of hearts, will be convicted that we believe the things that God has said. Okay? Now, it's those people that will participate in the transformation. Okay? All right. Now, we are talking here about a physical transformation. Okay? Now, you remember we talked about the Bible saying we would be caught up and we said that was spiritual, correct? Yes. Okay. Now we're saying that that spiritual catching up will have a consequence to our physical mortal bodies. So we, we're still on the same train of thought, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So, now, as of last week, we looked at a, a woman who was pregnant in Revelation 12. And the Bible says she was about to deliver a man-child. And I said to you, if your Bible says male-child, that's not correct because in Greek, they had a word for male and had a word for man. And the word that was used there was man, which meant she gave birth to a mature child, right? Right. Yes. Right. Where did the Bible tell us the woman was? She was in heaven. She was in heaven. Everybody remember that. Revelation 12. Do you want to take yes. a look at it? Do you want to yes. take a look at it? To remind yourself. If you have your Bible, just take a look at Revelation 12, verse 1. And we can see the Apostle John says he saw a woman who was pregnant and she was in heaven. Amen. 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 So we, we, we see that, correct? Yes. Can Dr. K, can you read that for us? Yes. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. Okay, let's stop there. So we know this woman's location. She is where? In heaven, correct? Yes. Now, can you skip down to the place where she gives birth to a child and what happens to the child that she gives birth to? Just that, that verse only. Okay, that's verse five. Yes. Amen. 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 
and she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Okay, stop. Notice she was in heaven, and she gave birth to a child. Where would she have given birth to that child? In heaven, correct? Correct. Yes. Good. But notice the child was also caught up again. That would mean he would have moved up to a higher heaven. Wouldn't that be correct? Yes. Okay, good. I just wanted us to remember that. What we're looking at here is what, remember the Apostle Paul said he was caught up to the third heaven. If there was a third, there's obviously what? At least three heavens. Exactly. A first and a second, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. So this group of people are caught up higher. Now, what is taking place here is a transformation of these people from one level to another, okay? Mm -hmm. And these are the people who are to rule on earth in what we refer to as the reign of Christ. Now, if you look at Revelation chapter 14 and Revelation chapter 15, you will see a distinction between believers and believers. So that's Revelation chapter 14 and Revelation chapter 15. In Revelation chapter 14, you will see this same group of people referred to as the man-child in verse 12. And in Revelation chapter 15, you will see the group of people who represent the woman in chapter 12. We all know that the woman isn't a literal woman. Why? Because the woman is the bride of Christ. Isn't that what the Bible teaches us? That yes. we are the bride of Christ? Amen. Amen. What did Jesus do when he, when he came and found five wise virgins and five foolish virgins? Remember, he took the five wise virgins into the bedchamber. Isn't that what it says? I forget that scripture where it is, but I've read that. Yes. Good. All right. Where Jesus came yeah. and there was five wise, five foolish. The five foolish didn't have oil in their lamps. The five wise did. And the Bible says he took them into the bedchamber. Now, when a man takes his wife to the bedchamber, we know what that's for, right? Yes. Okay. So we now know how that woman in chapter 12, got pregnant, okay? Do you remember the apostle Paul said, oh, I can't remember whether it was Galatians or Ephesians said, I labor in prayer for you until Christ be formed where? Anybody remember? Nope. Until Christ be formed in you. I'm going to unmute JT for horses because I'm not sure she wanted to be muted. Oh, that's sorry. That's Gina. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So can someone open up Revelation 14 and read for us from verse 1 to 3 and another person open up Revelation 15 and read from verse 1 to 3.
Revelation 14, 1 through 3. Yes. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion. Mount Zion? Yes. And with him, an hundred forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders, and no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. Amen. Amen. Okay, so these guys sing a song that the man who is viewing said he couldn't understand the song, correct? Yes. And he gives us the number of people. He says there were 144,000, okay? Yes. Now, somebody else, please read chapter 15, verses 1 to 3 for us. I saw in heaven another great and marvelous sign. Notice this is another sign. This is different from what we saw in chapter 14. Okay, yes, sorry to interrupt. Another great sign, yeah. a, another great and marvelous sign, seven angels with the seven last plagues last, because with them God's wrath is completed. And I saw what looked like a sea of glass mixed with fire and standing beside the sea. Those who had been victorious over the beast and his image and over the number of his name, they held harps given them by God and sang the song of Moses, the servant of God and the song of the Lamb. All right. Uh, great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, king of the ages. All right. So he knows this song, doesn't he? He knows it. He actually gives us the name of the song. He says this group sang a song he understood. He knew this song. And it was the song of Moses. What did Moses do for the people? He brought them out of Egypt. Right. He brought them salvation. But the people you saw in 14, they didn't just come out of Egypt. They made it up to the mountaintop, Mount Zion. Remember what God told Moses. Bring them out of Egypt that they might come and worship me where? On Mount Zion. Uh -huh. that they might come up and worship me on this mountain. That's Moses' marching orders. But when God brought them to Mount Zion and told them to come up, what happened, everybody? In the Old Testament, do you all remember? They couldn't stand to be in his presence. Exactly. They told Moses, tell God to stop talking. We can't stand his voice. 
Do you all see how the Bible is connected? Yes. Yeah. Now, okay, cool. <laughs> now, you're seeing that some people will make it to be among the 144,000. And quickly, the 144,000 is not a literal number. Let's just put that out there, okay? Please. Mm -hmm. All right? Right. So I know that people, you know, that teach that there's 144,000 Jews who will be saved at the end of time. Some people say 144,000, you know, this. It's not a literal number. Yes. And it's not... It's not talking about people, just the fact that later on it gives the tribes they're from. I want you to understand something. When you read about the 12 tribes in the book of Revelation, it is not referring to the 12 tribes from the Old Testament. Okay? All right. So just let's put that there because I don't know where this will go. Let's put that there. All right. So now, why have we been studying these things? Have we been studying these things because we want to learn something new? We want to demonstrate how much knowledge we have of the word of God? No. Look, listen. The reason God wants us to know his word is because his word is like a map give you direction on where to go. The reason why you and I will go to heaven when we die, I'm speaking like a child now, is not because we're good. It's because we have an understanding that no human being is good enough to go to heaven, but a man came from God who was the person of God himself, and he died for me. The question is, are my sins so bad, so evil, that the son of God's life is not enough to pay for my sins? Of course not. So it makes sense that no matter how evil I have been, that the fact that the son of God died for me I will be saved. Amen? Amen. All right. So now I have that understanding. It doesn't matter whether I'm Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, Lutheran. It doesn't matter. Those are just distractions. What matters is that in my head, I actually believe this. Okay? So the devil's job is to continue daily asking me questions about whether or not I'm really saved. Why? Because of the way I spoke to that lady yesterday, because of the way I spoke to that guy yesterday, because of the way I was rude to my father. Whatever it is, his job is to show me all my wickedness mm -hmm. and ask me, look at you. Just look at you. If you really believed in Jesus, would you be like this? No. You know you don't really believe in God. And this is what keeps hitting people and hitting people and hitting people and hitting people. 
and they're not certain about who they are in God because they believe that their salvation is tied in to their works. Mm. Am I communicating? Yes. So yes. I'm starting now with yes. the people in chapter 15 of Revelation, those who sang the song of Moses, those who sang the song of salvation, that's you and I. I'm not claiming yet to be among the people in Revelation 14, okay? I'm just talking to you about them. I hope we're clear now. Yes, yes. I'm not saying I'm there or you are there. I'm just telling you that that's where we're supposed to be headed to. You're supposed to be among the 144,000. And remember, it's not a literal number. But the way you know those people is that they understand a song that no one else could learn except them. Correct? Ooh. Yes. Right. Now, can I ask you Bible students, who is that song? Jesus. Uh, that's not an easy question. Can you give me a scripture to back that up? Whoever mm -hmm. said Jesus. <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, I'm just thinking about that, that passage that talked about a street that everyone else has to go on. And, you know, there's no city with one street. So, yes. A reason that the street was, you know, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so, but I'm talking about the song. And, and so I'm thinking about that when I'm thinking about this song that, that these believers not understand that it has to be Jesus Christ. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Okay, look at Isaiah chapter 12. Mm -hmm. Isaiah. What verse? Um, let's take it from verse, let's take it from verse one. Let me see if that's the best verse. Okay, you know what? No, let's do Psalms. Let's do Psalm 118, verse 14. Okay. Psalm 118, verse 14. It's also in Isaiah 12, but I just can't remember what verse. So let's just do the one where I know the verse. Psalm 118. Yes, verse 14. The Lord is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. Okay. Now look at Isaiah 12, verse 2. <laughs> I just closed that. <laughs> I think we all did. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Okay. So we see the psalmist say the same thing. We see Isaiah say the same thing. That the Lord is their song. That's a very strange way to describe a person. Yes. 
And the Bible tells us that they sung a new song. What does that mean? It doesn't mean they were singing a song of another God. It just means they had gotten to a depth in that song that others who knew the song hadn't gotten into. Am I communicating? Hmm. Yes. Yes. Because the song is the same song of Moses. It's the same song of Miriam. It's the same song of Isaiah. It's the same song the guy in the book of Psalms was talking about. But the people in, in Revelation 14 have entered such a depth in that song that only they could sing it. Mm. Those are the redeemed ones. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's not the song of salvation. Everybody that believes in Jesus Christ and confesses him, you've received salvation. But who shall ascend to the holy hill? Everybody remember that? Yes. Good. Okay. So there's a work that God is doing in your life before I ever met you. All that my work is right now is I'm only clarifying for you what God has been doing in your life from before I ever met you. Amen. I'm not doing anything. There's nothing there's 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 all, all, all my ministry has done is to make you um, give a name or to be able to describe what God has been doing in your life from before I ever met you. And if I drop dead today, it won't change anything in your life. God is still going to take you where you want to go. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Because he is the author and the finisher. Amen. I am what you call a hireling. You know, ever been to Home Depot and see those guys who hang out there looking for a job, you know, like a handyman? I you have. Ever go, anybody ever been to yes. Home Depot Lowe's? You see the guys who hang out, you know, you know, they say, hey, mister, you need somebody to do your plumbing? Hey, mister, you need somebody to do your carpentry? You guys ever seen that? Yes. That's what yeah. I am. That's what I am. Okay, that's what I am. I, I, the, the actual owner of the house is Jesus Christ. Okay, so I, sh I pop in, do a job, and I get paid, and I, and I, and I leave. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Every minister in your life, that's what we are. If you make the mistake of turning a minister into Jesus Christ in your life, then you will get lost. Mm -hmm. I don't care how good he is. We are highlands. Jesus said, mm -hmm. I am the good shepherd. All that came before me were thieves and robbers. The hireling flees when the wolf comes, but the good shepherd lays his life down for the flock. Everybody remember that? I think that's John chapter 10. Yes. All right. Yes. So, so, my job, I'm a hireling. So you never knew me maybe 15 years ago. You might never see me again next year. But 15 years ago, the Lord and you knew one another. At least he knew you. 
10 mm. years from now, he will still know you, still love you, still be with you. I might not be here. You might not be here. So why are we here now? We're here now to help you clarify, get the clearer understanding of who you are in him and what his purpose and goal is for your life. What does he intend for you? A lot of people read books about the purpose of God in their life and the purpose of God in their life is for them to be this, for them to be that, for them to achieve this. But let me tell you, achieving things is great. Being the best you can be in your field of career and work and all of that, that's great. But that's not the purpose of God for your life primarily. God's primary purpose for you is for you to become like him. Amen. 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 I want you to understand something. When you look in the mirror, you see problems, weaknesses, hardships, etc. Guess what God sees when he looks into the mirror? Himself. You. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> when God looks into the mirror, he sees you. Amen. Okay? That's the depth of love that God has for us. Do you know that people are talking about, you know, COVID-19 is God's punishment and all of this. Don't buy into any of that, please. Because they don't know God. Okay? They live here. They don't know God. Okay. <laughs> That's not God. Do you know even the Sodom and Gomorrah, when it was time for Sodom and Gomorrah to be destroyed, do you know God took a hike? Do you all know that? Everybody, come on, you know the story, don't you? God, God heard that Sodom and Gomorrah had violated his laws so terribly they needed to be destroyed. And he was looking for a way to save them. Mm. Okay? And he stopped by his friend Abraham. And anything Abraham had asked God, God would have done. And Abraham said, oh God, there's got to be at least 10 people there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing because that is enough. <laughs> Abraham stopped at 10. He was like, nah, God, there's got to be at least 10 people there. But God doesn't actually go in to Sodom. You remember he came to Abraham with two angels. But when it's time to destroy Sodom, God doesn't go with the two angels. God is not in the business of destroying anybody. Okay. God is not looking for some excuse to throw you into hell. People go to hell because they cannot stand the presence of God. And here is where you begin to practice enjoying the presence of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Did God come looking for Adam and Eve like, oh, I heard you guys ate that? Let's call it mango. Okay, I'm tired of it being apple. Why does it have to be apple? Huh? <laughs> I'm tired. You know, I heard what you guys have done, and I'm here to destroy you. Is that what God did? No. 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 He came as usual for fellowship. 
but they on their own began to flee from his presence. Did you notice that? Yes. So I just had to digress a little bit because I wanted us to understand that the reason we're studying these things is because we're building on our salvation. We're building on our knowledge of Jesus Christ. I don't need to tell you the things that Jesus has done in your life. I don't need to tell you that he loves you and he gave his life. I don't need to tell you that. You already know that. What I need to tell you is why you are still here. What his hope, what his desire is. God is building a home for himself. You are supposed to be a part of that building. Amen? Amen. Okay. You are supposed to be a part of that building. And your, your, your decisions that you make now concerning your relationship with the word of God will determine what quality of material you are when God begins to finish that building. Let me explain. Okay, let, let, let's let's go to let's go to the book of uh, let's go let's go to the Bible. Amen. 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 Let's let's go to the Bible. Let's look at um, New Testament. I'll get this for us. First Corinthians chapter three, verse twelve. Amen. Yes. Amen. Twelve and thirteen. Amen. 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 Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is keep going if any man's work abide which he hath built thereon he shall receive a reward if any man's work shall be burned he shall suffer loss but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Stop. Did you see that? Did you hear that? Did you understand that? Where is the work you're building? Where is the work you're working on? What work is he talking about? You think he's talking about my work like in the ministry? You think he's talking about my work like um, at my office? No, he's talking about the work I'm doing in my life. Amen. Amen. And the work you're doing in your life, you could be working the work of gold. You could be working the work of stubble and hay and wood that when you're going to be tried spiritually, what's going to happen? Gold doesn't change because of fire. It might Ooh. change its form. Right? right? Right. In fact, it becomes more pure because of fire. 
But what happens to wood? Burns up. up. Well, do you use lose your salvation? No. No. Did you see that right there? Yep. That's what we've been talking about. Everything that we've been sharing is about how to turn your work, which is the transformative life of Christ in you, into gold. That's all. We didn't bring salvation to you. You already had salvation before we came. But our message is about transforming you to become found worthy to be among those 144,000 that sing a song that no one else could learn but they themselves alone. Mm. All right. So there is no, there is no, um, there's not one of us here that is, how would I put it, the man, you know? <laughs> there's nothing like that because when you look, you, when I take my time to look at the work I'm doing in me, I have no time to see what work you're doing yourself. <laughs> yeah. Amen. You know, Amen. You know um, there's so much, there's so much wood and stubble here that I've got to deal with <laughs> for me to worry myself about your wood and your stubble. <laughs> you know, right. no, when I, when I've got my, when I'm all gold, then I'll come look for you all. <laughs> for now. For now, you know, excuse me, I've got a lot of stubble to clear out. I just want you all to understand what God is showing us. Amen? Amen. So that when you see that woman, that image of that woman, the beautiful bride in Revelation 12, that's a Christian who the work has been done in you, and now the man-child, Christ, can come out of you. Huh? All right. Amen. Amen. Okay, let me slow down now and see if there are any questions so far. Oh, any, any, not just questions, no, any, sta any statements, anything. So please feel free to unmute yourself if you're muted. <laughs> Little people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Come on, there gotta be there has to be some some statement, some some question, something. Okay. Okay, that's fine. That's looks looks like every it looks like we communicated very clearly. Correct? Amen. Yes. Amen. Let's look at Romans chapter four. Amen. 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 Romans chapter four. We'll take it um, from verse 13 to the end. Can we split that between two people? Can one person read um, from 
verse 13 to 18, another question from 19 to the end. Okay, I'll take verse 13. Okay, 13 to 18. And somebody okay. else can read 19 to the end. It was not through law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who live by law are heirs, faith has no value and the promise is worthless. Because law brings wrath. And where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, he is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. 18. You want me to read 18 too? Yes, please. Oh, okay. I thought you said to it. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations as, as it had been said to him so shall your offspring be. Okay. Can somebody read the, the, the rest? Without growing weak in faith, he thought of his own body, which was as good as dead, for he was nearly a hundred years old and of the dead womb of Sarah. Yet he never questioned or doubted God's promise. Rather, he was strengthened in faith and gave glory to God, fully persuaded that God could do whatever he had promised. Thus his faith was credited to him as justice. The words it was credited to him were not written with him alone in view. They were intended for us too. For our faith shall be credited to us as if we believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. The Jesus who was handed over to death for our sins and raised up for our justification. Okay. Now, there are two parts in what we just looked at. The part that mom read and the part that Liz read. Mm -hmm. The part that mom read is telling us that where there is no law, there is no sin. Did you, did you see that? What verse yes. was that? It's verse 15. Verse 15, because the law worketh wrath for the, where, the, where no law is, I'm reading King James, I'm sorry, for where no law is, there is no transgression. I want you to think about this for a second. He's talking about man's law. No, he's talking about God's law. Because he's talking about transgression from God to God. Okay. Now, he wants you to, his, Paul is trying to say something very important here. And we need to understand this if we're going to grow. Amen? Amen. When God created Adam, God told Adam, don't eat from this tree. Amen? Amen. Right. That tree in and of itself had nothing wrong with it. 
it was okay for everybody to eat except who? Adam. Adam. When Eve came on the scene, because she wasn't even there when God spoke to Adam, remember? Mm. She mm. ate from the tree, but what happened to her when she ate from the tree? She became a liar. <laughs> no. <laughs> No. no, let's take See, it. Let's take it. Good and evil. <laughs> yes. Life and life and death. No, she became wise. The Bible says she became wise. She became. She started knowing. She knew good from evil. Okay, and the Bible tells you right there that this woman. Everything about it was good. He said it was good and it made her wise. It was good for the body. Okay? And then she gave her husband. I want you to I want you to follow what the scripture is teaching us here. The scripture says when her husband ate it, then their eyes were opened. Am I losing you? No. No. Do you get the gist of what I'm trying to say to you? Yes. I'm not sure. I'm not sure of the gist that you're trying to give us. Sorry? Not sure what the gist is you're trying to give us. That's why I'm asking. That's why I'm asking. I felt I felt so. Paul just told us in Romans 4 that where there is no law, there is no transgression. Correct? Correct. So if God had not said, Adam, don't eat from this tree, Adam would never be have would never have sinned if he ate from that tree. Correct. Yeah. Were we agreed? Yes. Yes. So by yes. God giving a law, God created the possibility of sin. Correct. Amen? Okay. All right. Now, the Bible says when Jesus came, Jesus abolished the law. Is that not so? Yes. Okay. Yes. But did he abolish the moral laws? No. Give me an example of a moral law. Do not kill. Let me ask you, if you're a Christian... Okay, is it in your nature to want to just kill people? No, no, good. So, some no. extraordinary no. circumstance would make you do that. Maybe a home invasion, somebody came to kill your family, and you know, you have to do something to protect your family, correct? Correct, so that's self defense. Okay, so the moral laws of God are not things that are contrary to your nature as a child of God. True? True. True. Okay. True. Now, True. you have ceremonial laws, like don't eat pork. Correct? All right. Correct. Is that a moral law or a ceremonial law? Ceremonial. ceremonial. A ceremonial. So those are the laws that Jesus abolished. Okay. The laws of God, like honor your father and mother, 
we already had that before there was a Ten Commandments, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Yes. Thou shalt not kill. We already had that before there was a Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. So those are moral laws. They didn't come to us because of Moses. Moses was just documenting them for his people. Now, what Paul is trying to tell you here is that now that you are in Christ, you are no longer under law. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Except the law of conscience. Mm. That means what Yolinda Sr. believes is antichrist or is evil or sinful is not necessarily what Yolinda Jr. believes. Amen? Amen. Now, Yolinda Sr. has to walk in what God has told her is her limitations. She cannot live her life based on Yolinda Jr.'s limitations. Amen. Am I communicating to you here? Yep. Yes. You, every single one of us on this call right now, in your spiritual life with Jesus Christ, he has things he has told you are not okay for you. Mm, true. He hasn't told me that. Right. You've got to live your life. And that's why it's very dangerous as a Christian to say, we believe, we believe, our pastor says, our pastor didn't say. You miss Christ. Because it's a, it's a personal walk. The Bible says Adam was not deceived. Eve was deceived. The Bible says Adam was not deceived. Hello? Do you understand the implications of that statement? Why did Adam eat the fruit then? Can anybody tell me? He loved his wife and forgot his call. Oh, that sounded like music in my ears. <laughs> oh, that just sounded like music in my ears. He loved his wife and thought she was dead. It's a love story. It's a love story. That's what it is. It's the story of Christ and the church. Ooh. He loved her so much. He was ready to die for her, die with her. He laid down his life. He's like, oh my God, what has she done? But nothing happened to her when she ate it. In fact, the Bible talks about how beautiful it was for her. <laughs> she was deceived. She was deceived, but she wasn't the aim. The aim was her husband. Yep. He knew first what he should do. Okay. But see how God turned it around. It came to a man called Abraham. That's why you're reading about Abraham now. And God said to him, bring your son, your only son, whom you love so much. I don't know why he had to stress your only son. Right? And the Bible says, Abraham obeyed God. Do you all remember that? 
Yes. And he's saying that because Abraham yeah. did that, God now had a local standard to bring Jesus as our Redeemer. I don't know if you're getting the picture here. Yes. Did you know that Abraham offering his son? Oh my God. I'm, I'm going to go. <laughs> Listen, we live in a very modern time. Very, we're very sophisticated people, very educated. But I want you to understand that when you relate with a God, you know there are many gods, right? The Bible says there are gods many and lords many, but to us there's one God and one Savior, Jesus Christ. Everybody know that, right? Yes. Good. So each God usually puts a demand on the people who worship him or it. Okay? okay. Now, the demand that God, uh, the great God put on Abraham was, give me your son. Everybody remember that? Yes. Yeah. And based on that act by Abraham, God was now Abraham's God. And everyone that was a descendant of Abraham, as long as they believed in God the way Abraham believed in God. The reason I'm bringing these things up is because I'm trying to take us back, because we started by talking about the woman up there and the man child and all that. And I'm trying to say to you, the things that will stop you from being up there are when you think your flaws down here are somehow guaranteed to stop you from getting up there. I'm trying to show us that the flaws we have down here are just a work in progress. No matter whether you've You've spoken in a way you ought not to have spoken. You've acted in a way you ought not to have acted. It's just because you still carry about that old nature, which is fading away. You need to be patient with yourself. Amen. 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 And the laws that people give you, other people give you, not the one God gives you personally, will hinder you. You need to walk in the boldness and the liberty of certainty that you are a child of God. And if God has spoken in your heart, in your mind, don't do this, that's for you. Don't do that. Mm. Amen? Amen. Amen. And in fact, you will find that usually you don't actually want to do those things that you don't want to do. But don't try to be, to do something that because Brother Mike can do this, you think you can do that too. No, because Brother Mike is not going to try to do what you can do. I won't. I'm going my own way. All right? Amen. So the second part, the part that lives red, okay, is, um, look at where it says, verse 21. It says, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able, what God had promised, God was able to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Sorry about the way I read. Do you see what Paul is saying here? Paul is saying, once God saw 
that Abraham believed that what God had said that God could do, immediately God showered something on him called righteousness. Can Ooh. anybody please tell me what righteousness means? Just translate it to simple English. When the Bible says righteousness, what does it mean? That's the same uh, walk that Christ had, and that's when we're, when we're righteous. When we're yes, but what does righteous mean? Sinless? No. <laughs> no, certainly not. <laughs> Has there been any, God calls many people righteous. Are any, have you seen any sinless person in the Bible except Jesus? Not one. Righteousness just means right standing with God. It doesn't have anything to do with your character. It doesn't have anything to do with your behavior. Your behavior and your character can put you in wrong standing with God. Don't get me wrong. But righteousness, right standing with God, is the choice of God. God just gives you righteousness. You know why? Because you dare to believe him. God says, do you believe I can do this? And you tell God, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. Remember there's a guy in the Bible that said that to Jesus? Yes. <laughs> when you just ask the guy, do you believe I can do this? The man says, yes, sir, I believe, but help my unbelief. <laughs> Every single person on this broadcast right now, you are on this broadcast because you believe in Jesus. You, you, you came in just to hear something to do with God. Nobody put a gun to your head. Nobody forced you to be on this call right now. Isn't that so? Amen. The very fact that you said, oh, let me tune in and see. Let me even, the very fact that you did that means you actually believe that God exists and that the things he said about himself are true. You might not believe me. You might not like me. You might not like the way I speak. It's irrelevant. What gives you righteousness is that you believe what God has said about himself in Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 That's it. You're Amen. righteous. The, the people we saw in Revelation 15, who could only sing the song of Moses, they were righteous people. Mm, okay. Now, you want to move from being righteous to becoming something called an overcomer. Amen? Amen. So the purpose of all this was to say to you, I went back to Romans, was to show you that, look, you, do you remember Abraham lied? Abraham said his wife was his sister. Do you all know that? Yes. Right? I remember that scripture. Yeah. Now, is that a righteous deed? To take your wife and give to the king because you're afraid of dying? And say she's your sister? That's wrong. But the Bible says he was righteous. And that he staggered not to the promises of God. That's some staggering if you ask me. <laughs> but why does the Bible describe him that way? The Bible is describing him that way because that's how God saw him. That's how God saw Abraham. Oh, do you guys remember when Paul was accused of teaching people not to keep the law of Moses? When he was brought to trial, didn't he say, I never did that. 
Didn't he yeah, say that? that? That's the scripture I was looking for just now. <laughs> Didn't he, did he say that? Paul was teaching against the law when they put him on trial and were about to beat him mm -hmm. up. He says, no, I never did that. <laughs> no, I'm telling mm -hmm. you about these guys because I don't want you to turn them into Jesus Christ. Paul is in God. Abraham is in God. I am not God. Your pastor is not God. The bishops are not God. There's only one God revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. And we have righteousness Amen. with him, not because we are good. We have righteousness with him because we have believed in his son, Jesus Christ. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So I'll, I'll let me Amen. stop there for Amen. today. And if there are any questions or any statements, you know, let's talk about it and then we can pray and we can close. Amen. I have a question. Sure. So, you know, um, when Jesus said in the Bible, I did not, I came, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill. Yes. The law. So you're saying that he was only referring to the moral laws and not the ceremonial law. Correct. With that Correct. statement. Correct. Correct. Because the, the, because remember he said, not one jot from the law will ever be taken away. Mm -hmm. Well, if we're looking at the ceremonial laws, for example, don't eat pork, don't eat um, snails. The Bible tells us that Apostle Peter got a dream from Jesus where Jesus gave him a blanket full of all the unclean food and told him to eat. And Peter oh. said, wait, 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 what do you mean I should eat? I can't eat these things. And Peter said it happened to him three times and three times God told him eat. Mm. Because those were ceremonial laws. Okay. And the ceremonial laws, God actually used them to send a coded message about human characteristics. That's mm. another teaching. If you want another day, I'll teach on that. What exactly were the purposes of the ceremonial laws? Okay. Yeah. They don't eat fish that have no scales and no fins. All those are characteristics of human beings. It's telling you not to associate with, not to exhibit certain traits. And it was actually talking to the high priest, Jesus Christ, that certain things are not allowed in his body. So there are certain traits of ours that we cannot take into the body of Christ. Now, that's a deeper teaching. Mm -hmm. But we will go into that. Okay. Okay. Paul said in the book of Galatians that God said, don't tie the mouth of cows while they're treading out the corn for you. And Paul says, does God care about cows? Or did he write that for our sake, that they who preach the gospel should be free to eat from the gospel? Do you remember that? Book of Galatians. So every single thing in the Old Testament, in the ceremonial laws, have a spiritual meaning, we can go into another time. But the moral laws are timeless. Honor your father and mother that it might be good with you and that you might live long on the land. Let me tell you something. If you've got the opportunity to take care of your mom and dad more than your brothers and sisters, invest in them. Your mom and dad are the greatest investment you can make for your future. A lot of people are foolish. They make investments in their children. And you know, tomorrow your child marries some silly husband or silly wife that doesn't want to see you. <laughs> 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 Invest in your parents. Huh? 
So invest your prayers. That's, I mean, that's wisdom 101 from God. I mean, it's right there. It says, honor your father and mother that it might be good for you and that you might live long in the land. Hello. It's pretty plain. It's pretty plain. And then you got people having a tough time. Oh, I remind you, I need to call my dad today. <laughs> people have a tough time picking up the phone to call their parents and see how they're doing. <laughs> As though you're doing them a favor. Look, when my time comes, I'm going to charge my children to receive calls from them. <laughs> when they buy me a gift, I'm going to charge them money to accept the gift. <laughs> I love the word of God. And God has such a sense of humor, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. All right. So the, so the moral laws have no beginning. They have no end. Amen? Amen. All right. Another question? I just have a comment. Sure. I was trying to find the scripture, but I couldn't find it, where the apostles were talking, and they were saying, you know, why are you trying to make all of these new believers follow all of the save them? Sorry, you faded out. You faded out. Why are you trying to make all these new believers follow the all the Mosaic laws? That um, the law you couldn't even follow all the laws. If the law could save, why did Jesus have to come? Okay, okay, that was Paul speaking to. That was Paul speaking to Peter. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was, um, I think that was the book of Galatians. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, that was just when Paul was upset with Peter because Peter wasn't keeping those laws. But when he saw certain people come from James the apostle, because you know, James the apostle was like the senior apostle in Jerusalem. So yes. Peter started to pretend that you know, he wasn't eating pork. He wasn't eating, you know, shellfish, you know, <laughs> and Paul rebuked him in front of everybody. That was between, that was something between Peter and Paul. Yes. Because I think that that's, that's really the, the message is that there are certain things that are essential that for all believers in their growth in their life with Jesus. Yes. And then we can't, like you said, we cannot impose things on other believers that God didn't say was a requirement. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And any ceremony, any ceremonial law that people want to keep, if that conscience makes them feel that, you know, they shouldn't eat pork, leave them alone. You know, when they come to your house, don't give them pork to eat because they don't feel like eating pork. God calls that walking in love. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, so that's that for that. Thanks. And this applies to traditions as well, because I know in some places you have these sacred animals. Like I know in New Zealand, the whales are sacred. For example, I know yeah. that in my place, pythons are sacred. Yes. Um, exactly. And yeah. And then some places crocodiles are sacred. Look, you know what? Whenever anybody, when we get off, you anybody can go Google Snake Island, Uganda. Mm. There's an island in Uganda where they live with venomous snakes yeah. and nobody's ever been bitten. Yeah. It, it doesn't bite. And, okay. Uh, it, now, now. 
<laughs> the Please do going. not try at home. I don't know where this is going to go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Um, Brother Gene had to leave. He sent a message, I think. But mm -hmm. I think Chinese is on. Chinese, can you hear me? Um, yes, I can hear you. All right, all right. Why don't you go ahead and ask us ask a question about something you might have heard this this morning, and let's see if we can answer for you. Um. Okay. I know you okay. came kind of late. Yes, That's I fine. did. Yeah. That's okay. fine. Any okay. Questions? Still, um, yeah, I'm still um a little bit confused about the um when you said. He only abolished the he and um, Jesus Christ only um he came to abolish only the ceremonial um Lord. Yes. Yeah, so that part I still um I still okay. don't I'm have to do more reading on that. Sure, sure. Turn yeah. if if you have your Bible, look in the New Testament for the book of Colossians. It's oh. right after Philippians. Oh, Colossians. What what chapter again? Sorry, chapter that? two. Colossians chapter two. You just read it from verse eleven to seventeen. Okay. That's an excellent question. In fact, somebody should have asked me that question all this time. That's a <laughs> that's an excellent question. Yeah. Okay. Um, what chapter again? Sorry, in chapter Colossians? two. Colossians okay. chapter 2, verse 11 okay. to 17. Okay. Now, this is just an example. There are many more, but let's just use this one, okay? Okay. But can you read it? Okay. Um, Colossians 2, chapter 11. It says, In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the saints of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, yes. buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made a life together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Keep going. Okay. Having, disarmed, okay, okay. having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in, in it. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. So the substance of those festivals, those foods, the real meaning of those things is who? Christ. Remember I said one day, if you want, we will go into those commandments and show how they refer to Christ. Do you remember? Yes. Good. So he's saying, let nobody judge you 
in those ordinances of festivals or foods, okay, yes. and all of those things, okay, those are the ceremonial laws. That's what he's referring to here. Yeah. Okay, those are the ceremonial laws. Okay, so yes. later on we can we can we can look at more of of those scriptures. But Paul is saying here that those things have a substance in Christ. They are just a shadow of something more fundamental. Okay? okay. So in the book I, I, that I'm working on, which will be published, God willing, before the end of this year, I touch on some of those as examples. I actually mention some of those things, and then I show what they mean in Christ. Okay, mm. you understand, and in those, and you, there's there's a verse that you look at verse fifteen. Did you see where it says principalities and powers? Yes. So, um, Abele had mentioned some some places in the world where some people hold certain pythons to be holy or special, and they don't harm people, right? Yeah. Or, or they're certain things they don't eat, and if you eat it, you suddenly start feeling sick. Meanwhile, the other guy eats it and doesn't care, right? Yes. So here in verse 15, it's telling you that there are powers, what you call fallen angels. I don't like using that term because there's no scripture terms or any fallen angels, but let's just use that term. The Bible calls them principalities. It says the Bible there is saying that they are the power behind those laws. Mm. Did you hear that? Mm. Yeah. They are the powers behind those laws. And do you know that even the laws of don't eat this, don't eat that in the Bible, the powers behind them were angels? Mm. I will show that to you another day from this same Bible. Okay. <laughs> so as a Christian, do you still observe those kind of laws if it applies to even though it's 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 tradition do you observe them or... no no if if let's take for example i went to a place where they don't believe in eating beef like in india mm -hmm. i'm not going to eat beef okay. because i want them to believe my gospel about jesus christ jesus christ doesn't care whether you want to eat beef or you don't want to eat beef and if you're a minister of his you better not eat beef until you leave that place. Or <laughs> <laughs> hmm. well, like, for example, Abeli, mm. a lot of people up in Western Maryland, where I'm from, they eat deer. But I could not bring myself to eat deer. It's not a matter, it's not a matter of religious, for religious reasons, yes. but there's a lot of things, just the thought of eating. It's a moral, for you, it's a moral, we'll use the term moral. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, she's just in love with Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just certain things that I just could not eat. I think I would have to. Yeah, it's like it's, it's, it's like rabbits. It's like mm -hmm. rabbit. When I, I was in, England, in high school, they would give us they have this rabbit soup or something. I never could eat it. I couldn't picture how did you kill the rabbit? That's what I couldn't understand. And I remember my grandmother used to raise rabbits, and I think I took three rabbits home with me, and Dad had to build the cage because I didn't want them eaten. 
<laughs> oh, by the way, is, is Echineze, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Do you know that the Bible says we shouldn't eat chicken and turkey? Ooh, those are staples. <laughs> and I don't eat I them. I do not know that fact. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. Remind me and I'll show, I'll show it to you. Okay? People don't know. The Bible says any bird that doesn't fly, you shouldn't eat. And any bird that flies at night, you shouldn't eat. Bats. <laughs> well, no, you know, the Falcons, hawks, yeah. all those things. Oh, yeah. Any bird that eats meat. Falcons fly in the daytime. But you can't eat it because it, eat meat. it eats meat. God said but any owls, bird. Owls fly at night and they also eat meat. Exactly. So, so if they fly at night or if they don't fly, or if they eat flesh. Chickens don't fly. Turkeys definitely don't fly. Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> turkeys fly. I've never seen them. Really? But they, they, go, they go from my driveway all the way to the top to an 80-foot <laughs> tall tree, no, like no, an no. elevator. <laughs> right, no. but, they don't, but they don't fly like in... No, no, uh, but let me... No, no, let me... In the air. Let me, give you, let me give you one more why you know turkeys are not allowed. God says any bird that walks around, you shouldn't eat. Now, so, turkeys definitely walk around. Oh, he struts. <laughs> oh, now this guy even struts like a champ. <laughs> He's definitely not for Thanksgiving. <laughs> now, you see, when people, well, that's the thing with the scriptures. When people start going to the scriptures, they start wishing they did it. Because <laughs> <laughs> so you have nothing to eat anymore. You become a vegetarian. <laughs> Basically, yeah, that's it. Become a vegetarian. That's how people live. Oh, you're eating locusts yeah, and wild honey. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Locusts, <laughs> exactly. Like John the Baptist. That was why all he ate were locusts and wild honey. There was nothing else because he was under the law. Okay. So, think about it. God allows you to eat grasshoppers, but not chicken. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, another question. Okay. Liz, do you have any question? No. Okay, good. All right, should we close in prayer? So, I solicit your prayers, I solicit your support. Okay, I want to thank you for your time. For those of you who have been faithful, you know, uh, supporting this work, for being involved, sharing these videos. Okay, don't be, don't, don't, don't get weary. Don't be weary. Don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay, keep pressing on. Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook. Go over this video so your friends and family can discuss it. Okay, and continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through. You know, the, the comment section here on YouTube. Okay? So I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thanks so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said. If you want to continue listening to us, you have audio, you can always go, okay, to our website. You can see the online radio channels that you can get us through. Like I mentioned um, Apple's iTunes. I met Apple iTunes. I mentioned um, Spotify and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio, okay? I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel. 
and to you know hit the like buttons hit the like buttons i can't say that enough every time you want those videos through youtube hit the like buttons now if you're watching through facebook or you're watching through some other video like whatsapp it's not going to show here so we won't be able to see your like but if you're watching through youtube i want to encourage you or facebook wherever it is i want to encourage you hit that like button okay hit that like button it matters to us okay thank you so much for your support thank you so much for everything that you've been doing you know by watching our videos okay but in the next couple of weeks i'm going to be on the road but wherever i am i'm going to be broadcasting from there so the broadcast is still going to keep going okay so thank you so much everybody god bless you see you soon